live. It is the week 10 edition of the Field of 12's Best Bets. We are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. My name is Rob Dawson. I am honored, honored to be joined today by uh, by LSU Tennis's biggest fan. Jimmy. Ah, Jimmy, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Man, we are fired up here in this set. This is what, this is what we live for, man. Uh, a de facto um, SEC divisional semifinal doubleheader. On Saturday, if I could spit all of that out, it's going to take a lot for the winner of Georgia, Tennessee, not to make it to Atlanta. Going to take a lot for the winner of LSU, Alabama, not to make it Atlanta to Atlanta as well. So, uh, yeah, so and uh, both over a touchdown, both over a mm-hmm. touchdown. So, I'm thrilled numbers. to get into that that with you. You are definitely our Southern correspondent here on the uh, the Field of Twelve Best Bet Show. I live in New Jersey. Greg lives in Michigan, so you are uh, boots on the ground down there in the South. We're going to talk about that. We got to get into Tennessee, Georgia. We got to get into Alabama, LSU. We're going to talk about some of the teams that uh, that that were put at the top of the playoff rankings. A lot of them are on the road this week, and I think there are some interesting spots there to kind of get into. But first and foremost, before we do any of that, Jimmy, I want to talk about. I want to get your reactions on some of the, the the rankings and how they came out, but specifically in terms of the way that we can kind of capitalize on some of the value in the futures market now. For me, well, I'll tell right you now, um, right now, first LSU is too high. Um, they should be in the mid teens, um, and they're they're an interesting team because I don't think anybody has improved over the last two games like LSU has. That's a first year coach. We see that, and that's what mm-hmm. you're. That's what you prioritize, whether you're the athletic director, a fan, or whoever. How do we progress, develop over the course of the season in year one? And it has just been – it has clicked. And we'll we'll talk about some of the details why later. But it's they're number 10 in the poll. They are – in the Vegas poll, their, their point, spread, point spread value is number 23. And I think over the last two games, uh, they're playing maybe top six or seven. Uh, in the country, but their resume, their resume for the entire season is mid-teens in mm-hmm. maybe 15, 16, 17, uh, somewhere like that. So that's too hot. Um, Clemson is too high. The ACC, Rob, you know this, is a basketball league, okay? And it is really a – you know, some of the – That might be arguable at this point too, Jimmy. That might be arguable. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and Wake Forest is so weak on defense. They did give Clemson all they could handle in that overtime, multiple overtime game in Winston-Salem this year. Miami was supposed to be pretty good, but my, uh, Mario Cristobal is reminding us that he's such a weak bench coach. Um, and so, you know, they're too high. For instance, Michigan – is below Michigan on the point spread value would be a six point favorite on a neutral a neutral field right now over Clemson. So um, that uh, it, Clemson is too high, and that's why we talk about Dabo Sweeney may have the best job in college football because he can recruit at a high level, which we've seen him beat SEC teams for championships, but he also has the easiest path to the, yep. uh, the the college football playoffs. So. We have we have Kevin Sumlin on our After Dark show, and the thing that he loves to say is Clemson is a place where you can recruit SEC players and play an ACC schedule, which is pretty much the best job you that go. you're going to be able to find. Uh, Clemson and I think right that's now. Why, uh, I think that's why uh, Lincoln Riley's at USC as well yep. when he was uh, being yep. pursued by LSU. It's an easier path. Mm-hmm. Um, so Clemson right now is plus 2000, according to our friends over at bet rivers to win the national title where I think there is value, Jimmy, and tell me if I'm crazy here, Tennessee at plus 1100, 11 to one odds right now. Uh, they are the number one team in the rankings. Obviously they are the number one team in the playoff. Obviously, um, if they beat Georgia 
or if they have a great performance on the road against Georgia on Saturday, you're never going to be able to get that their their future at a better number than what you can get it at right now. And right. and I I don't know about you, but I've seen seen enough out of them to believe that this is a team that can do something like beat Georgia today, win the SEC uh, championship, and then go and find a way to win the college football playoff. I don't think that the gap between them um, and Georgia should be like, – so Georgia is plus 135. Tennessee right. is plus 1,100. To me, that gap is way, way, way too big. Same thing with Ohio State at plus 175. If you are going to bet Tennessee to win the national title, now is the time to do it. You're never going to be able to get a better number. So if you believe they can win it, you got to get it in now. Yeah, if they do win, they're in. Okay, uh, that's for sure. Um, but you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to have. If they lose, they may need some help. Um, I think it's fairly. It's fairly priced. Um, I, I understand what you're saying, but if they lose and look at the look ahead, look ahead lumber on this game last week. This time last week was twelve and a half, mm-hmm. and they were so impressive against Kentucky in a look ahead spot. They moved it to nine and a half. The betting public, which is all over. Tennessee. I mean, everybody's talking about 90% and higher. Week 10, that's a monster percentage. And it's the pros, the Joes, the squares, and the sharps all over a Tennessee. It's down to eight, and I think it's going to continue to trickle down. Not sure if it'll get to that magical number of seven. I think the value is, I hate to say it, I got this LSU shirt on, but is Bama. Is Bama. And I still think Bama is going to get there. Bama, if they play Georgia uh, in the SEC title game, pick them. Even Steven, it's going to be a pick'em game. Um, and uh, so, you know, when when Tennessee was about to play Alabama, I said the value is on Hooker at Heisman. Well, if he wins Saturday, that's that's a wrap. It, it, it is over. Mm-hmm. He's got it. And you've seen that how he went from what fourteen to one to two to one after the Alabama game. So, I, I think it's a fair price. Um, if you're going to bet it, yeah, take take a swing right now because. They have proven that they are they're, they're capable of playing with the big boys. They, I, I could see them being competitive. I could see them losing by 14 uh, on Saturday. But the one thing is they won't have to go in enemy territory moving forward. It'll be in Atlanta. It will be on a, a, a neutral site uh, in the semifinals or final. But, yeah, at 11 to 1, they got a shot. It's basically a three, kind of a three-team parlay, which pays 6 to 1. So mm-hmm. they got to win three basic games that'll be somewhat even, and um, well, that's uh, eleven to one's a little bit higher. But I think the value more is on Alabama at plus three seventy five. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, so we're going to talk about those those two uh, SEC games. But before we do, Jimmy, I just want to let you know. See that right there? What's yes, that? the UConn Huskies, baby. Right now. They are four and five. It's the first time they've won four games since 2016. The line right now, how about this? They are favored by 15 and a half in, a, in, a, in an actual Division I college football game. UConn is favored by 15 and a half points. That line has moved from an 11 and a half to 15 and a half. I don't think in my entire life I would have ever expected to see a UConn football line go from 11 and a half to 15, per half, 15 and a half with UConn being the favorite. Normally it goes the other way, right? The reason that's happening, they're playing UMass this week. Jimmy, there is no team that is more profitable to fade in all of this world, all the gambling world, the gambling planet. Uh, there's no one better to fade than UMass football. So and, I know that line keeps on moving, but you got to back those Huskies, baby. You got to go. Look, the, I'm sorry, get the split sheet for Bet Rivers. And I was like, 
wait, who is this team? Why are they? Oh, they're playing UMass. It's yep. every week. I'm like, who is? Why is the betting public? The, the secret's out, okay, as far as fading uh, at UMass. No doubt about it. But I'll tell you, man, they are improved. And we saw that in the very first game against Utah State this year, and which they covered. So Jim Moore Jr., they did make that hire very early, and he was mm-hmm. able to get out in the transfer portal early and try and at least uh, put together a more – a, a somewhat respectable listen man how bad were they last year i mean remember this game last year i mean uconn and umass it was awful so that's how much they are improved uh, from last year so hey continue to fade with umass yeah I, I will tell you this um i think that there's a there's an argument to be made that when a total is 40 and the line is 15 and a half you want to try to tend towards the the underdog in that spot to cover don't do it don't listen to your head it's all about listening to your heart on this one, Jimmy. It's all about listening to your heart. <laughs> got to back the Huskies, baby. Do you like how I got a UConn plug in there before we talk about Tennessee playing Georgia? You like that? I got it done, man. Dagan's sitting there like, what is going on in this world? Um, all right, let's talk Tennessee, Georgia. We kind of teased it a little bit. We've danced around it. We need to dive into this thing because uh, it is it is the game of the century, uh, the second one in the span of like two weeks. So Tennessee at Georgia, the line there is Georgia minus eight. The total there is 66. Tennessee is eight. No, Georgia is eight. No, both teams are are playing some of their, uh, I think it's fair to say their best football of the season at this point. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. Where do you start on this? I, I, you know, and, and listen, the recency bias is, um, is uh, carrying a lot of weight with the betting public here. Uh, like we talked about this line just last week, you could have gotten Tennessee plus 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. It opens up nine and a half and it's bet down to eight right now. Offensively, they're really good. We know that, but they were really good last year. They were 18th in the country in yards per play. They're fifth this year. So uh, as much as they're, their explosiveness and their efficiency on offense um, last year. It was a lot also with their pace of play. You know, mm-hmm. they, they snapped the ball over a hundred times in a bowl game against, uh, against Purdue, but five, the hooker is just, he's so good. 47 to four touchdown to interception ratio. So he's the, he's what you want. You want to attack, but you want to be safe. Well, Man, you know, the 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 reward for very little risk is what we're all looking for in quarterbacks, and he's been spectacular in moving up the draft boards, as he should. Defensively, though, Rob, is where they are allowing them to compete at a national level and not just go to the Music City Bowl or, or something like that, okay? They went, there were 61 in yards per play last year. They're 35 this year. That's respectable. And they're getting some stops. And so that's, that's the thing where that has allowed them to kind of take it up another level. Year two at Hypo, it's, you know, college football tells us his year two is a little bit magical. Year two for Bob Stoops in Norman, Oklahoma, he wins the whole thing in a rebuilding mode. Year two for Urban Meyer in Gainesville, Florida, allows him to win the whole thing in a rebuilding mode. So here we are with Hypo, which was flat out a lazy hire by his former AD at, uh, at Central Florida when he struck out on some others. But it has worked out beautifully for them. And Hooker, the transfer for Virginia Tech, has been unbelievable. Georgia, though, is a different story. Georgia's not as good as they were last year. You don't lose 15 guys to the NFL draft, and then you throw in a 16th guy, Nolan Smith, who's going to be a first-rounder, who's out for this win and the rest of the season as well. Um, Tennessee showed me a sign of maturity that they are ready to be taken seriously on the national, the highest level, when they just crushed Kentucky in a look-ahead spot. I mean, they all had to be looking 
peeking ahead at this matchup with Georgia. So that tells me a lot. But also, man, this line is just just creeping down, and it is you know, they don't they don't pay the light bill on nothing in Las Vegas, and it just reeks that uh, Georgia at home is going to uh, you know they're more of a complete team. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to get some stops. I am worried about Bennett a little bit that he is kind of inconsistent right now. He's been a hot topic of conversation down here in the South as far as is he a guy to win it all? Well, he won it last year. Jamison Williams going down uh, helped that uh, in the Alabama game in the championship game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Georgia in this one to win by about ten to thirteen points, and uh, I just think that they're. Uh, They've been in these spots a little bit more, and uh, and and I like the line movement moving in my favor as well. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to be on the side of Georgia, right? I, I understand how people have like we we've kind of forgotten about them. They haven't really played a big game since they they ran uh, ran Oregon out of was that in Atlanta? They ran Oregon yeah, out of Atlanta. yeah, it was Atlanta. Um, so it feels like we've kind of forgotten about the fact that hey, this team just won the national championship like eleven months ago, right? Um, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want to back them. I, I don't. I don't really enjoy watching them. I, I don't think that they're fun to to follow. I think this Tennessee team is exciting. What I will say is this: I feel like that all your your analysis that come come from my head. I think that the, your, your take on Georgia is right. Um, but I do think there's value on the under here because I do think that what Georgia is going to try to do is. Uh, stifle that offense um, that, that Tennessee has. I think they're going to try to run the ball. I think they're going to try to make sure that Hendon Hooker doesn't get on the field. Um, and I think they're probably going to have some success being able to do that. I do think that Tennessee's defense, like you mentioned, is better than people realize. So if I can get under 66, I think that that's probably where uh, where I'm going to be. Uh, I don't like betting the under. Um, life is too short to bet the under, but I think that right now that's where the value is. Don't 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 um, send me any angry texts when Heupel's snapping the ball every five seconds. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, mean. I know. We just need a couple of those like 13 minute long Georgia drives. It's not for Georgia. <laughs> yes, it will be a battle of tempo. Georgia does want to play more conventional. Georgia is. Uh, I give you a Georgia football and I introduce you to Virginia basketball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. All right. Let's get into the other game in the SEC Alabama at LSU. Uh, Alabama is favored by 13 points in that one. The total there, 56 and a half. Alabama is seven and one. Uh, they're coming off of, they should have probably uh, shut out Mississippi State. Um, last week they have yeah. Ole Miss coming up next first place right now is on the line in the SEC wet uh, SEC West LSU two losses they got smacked by Tennessee earlier this year the one point loss to Florida State but you kind of teased this earlier man the uh, the 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 Bayou Bengals have looked a little bit better over the course of the last two to three a, a lot a ton better uh, tell me another team that has jumped up their level of play uh, in the last two games like LSU, and it's a couple of guys. First of all, everybody knows what Jaden Daniels has done the last two games against Florida and Ole Miss, and he's accounted for 11 touchdowns. So six with his arm, five with his legs. I mean, he is playing flawless ball. The, the game in Gainesville, first six possessions, six touchdowns. Now, Florida and Ole Miss are not as good as Alabama on defense. I get you that. But it did allow this – struggling offense in a struggling passing game to kind of get in some rhythm and some confidence heading into this. Quite simply, he's letting the ball go as opposed to one read, one read and tuck it and run. They're running design runs for him as well. But another guy as well, it's a newcomer and number 40, get used to him, Harold Perkins. Okay. 
Rob, I know when you were a freshman in college, you couldn't find your classroom on time sometimes, and you couldn't make this meeting on time. It was, it was, it was more than once. At least uh, that's what I told my professor. Well, Sorry, I didn't know where I was going, man. I know that it's May. We're two years into this uh, this project. I was a senior telling people I couldn't find where I was supposed to go, Jimmy. Come so on. Harold Perkins had a few of these issues as well, and Brian Kelly is trying to instill a culture, a more buttoned-up, accountable culture, but he's got to let this guy play. I mean, have you ever seen a press conference after – uh, Coach Lane Kiffin, well, what? You, you had a 14-point lead. What happened? Well, they started playing 40 more. Jackson Dart, what happened? Well, 40 sure was good as the game went on. He's that kind of player, man. He is really, really something. He's an impactful guy. Place is going to be lit. No, don't worry about that. It is going to be on fire. Alabama, we remember the 52-49 game against Tennessee. They're much better than that game defensively. And uh, Nick Saban's headache, the cornerback transfer from LSU, Elias Ricks, got a lot of ability, but a little bit of attitude baggage. He finally gave in and played him against Mississippi State, and he played very well uh, in that game also. Half the touchdowns that Alabama's given up have been in that one game only to uh, Tennessee. They're one of the better teams, I think fifth in the country in touchdowns allowed uh, this year. I think Bama wins, but I think this is going to be one of those classics where really you're going to have a lot going. Brian Kelly in year one to have his team playing relevant football with something on the line in the SEC to control your own destiny is unbelievable, but it's ahead of schedule. I don't know if this team is just ready for you. I think they're ready to compete. I know the crowd is ready to be a factor in this game as well. And Alabama is not invincible like we've seen sometimes in the past, which makes it a competitive game. I love the points. Very much to your Tennessee angle, plus 11, uh, 1,100 right now. You're not seeing this point spread value on LSU again if they somehow play competitive or win it because they're way better than the 23rd team in the country. And that's where their point spread and value in Vegas is right now. So I'll tell you this, Jimmy, uh, and talking with the guys on our After Dark shows, the one thing that constantly comes up when I ask them, what is the craziest environment in college football? They always say first thing, Penn State, whiteout games. Number two, LSU if the game's after 7 o'clock. doesn't matter who they're playing. It could be anybody. It's just LSU at home if the game's after 7 o'clock. This is going to be a night game, correct? It's a 7 o'clock kickoff. Um, 6 o'clock so, local time. 6 o'clock local. It's still nighttime. It's still nighttime. It's going to be late. So oh, it's nighttime. You're going to have plenty of time to uh, to tap into some of the bourbon they can get down there in, uh, in Baton Rouge. But I will say this. I think that the impact of that is going to be on Alabama offensively. I think you are 100% correct about what they are defensively. And I do think that – there is um, a level of Nick Saban understanding that to make up ground in the playoff rankings, they kind of have to have like the eye test, win on the eye test, right? Look great while you do it. So I think that defense is going to show up. I don't know how well they're going to be able to move the ball in a place that's going to be that loud and that rowdy. I think it's going to be a close game, which leads me to believe that the under here, again, is where the value is going to end up being. And I know it's crazy. Two biggest games of the day. I'm sitting here saying bet against points being scored. Uh, but I just uh, – that's where I see the value is uh, right now in those two games. All right. We have eight more games you want to get to, Jimmy. We're going to kind of go rapid fire on these because those are the two biggest games of the day. Um, let's start with this. you got about 45 seconds on each one of these. Clemson at Notre Dame. Clemson's favored by three and a half. The total is 44. Clemson is fourth. This is the biggest challenge they have left this season. Their last three games, home for Louisville, home for Miami, home for uh, South Carolina. So what do you see here, Clemson at Notre Dame? 
Uh, Notre Dame is really struggling throwing the ball. They're, they're, they're flat out weak at, at the quarterback position uh, right now. They were able to just run up the gut uh, against Syracuse and just kind of push them around. Um, but that's not going to happen against Clemson. They're getting healthier uh, up front. They've gotten healthier uh, in the in the secondary since that uh, Wake Forest game. And no, Clemson, I, this is a bad matchup for Notre Dame. Maybe they could bring out the green jerseys like they did for Cal. Maybe, I mean, Marshall goes in there and beats them. Stanford, a bad, with a bad defense, goes in there and holds Notre Dame uh, to just 14 points. I'm all over Clemson minus a four here. Yeah, I, I'm with you, too. Um, I, I think Clemson is a play in this spot. Uh, Oregon, especially with the way that everybody keeps uh, keeps getting on them um, about not being a fourth team in the playoff, I think that that's probably going to be pasted all over the locker rooms uh, in Clemson. All right, Oregon at Colorado. Oregon uh, was, I believe, they were, were the eighth in the uh, the playoff rankings. Colorado stinks. The line there, Oregon minus 31.5. The total is 61.5. Uh, what do you do? You like the Ducks here? Can they cover that? That's, that's four touchdowns. Uh, and two field goals. It, it's when you deal with numbers this high, it's it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, they can they can cover the spread if they want to. They don't. Now, this is a poll based a sport. They just released the first poll, so you don't think TCU is going to add a, a touchdown or two if they can to try and uh, give them a little bit of style points. They did it last week. Covered the seven and a half. Oof. Still losing sleep over that one. But anyway, man, Bo Nix has been outstanding, man. He uh, he was not good uh, at Auburn. He's got physical ability, but he is – get him away from the SEC, and he's just fine. Colorado is a far way from the SEC. They'll be just fine. But it's it's tough to go really strong one way or the other. But if I had to, I'd take Oregon. Yeah, I think Oregon is the play there. That Everyone's got a point to prove. Um, all right, Michigan at Rutgers. Michigan minus 26. The total's 45. Rutgers lines always crack me up because right now the implied score of that game is uh, is Rutgers scoring nine and a half points. So, Jimmy, we did this earlier in the season. To me, Rutgers team total over nine and a half. All you got to get is a touchdown and a field goal. I think they're going to find a way to do it. Tell me why I'm wrong. 35, 35 and a half to nine and a half final, huh? I mean, so, I mean, maybe Harbaugh will go for one and a half. <laughs> it cracks me up every time we see one of those, man. Nine and a half point. How disrespectful is that? Hey, yeah, Rivers, uh, be nicer to my guys, the Scarlet Knights, man. Come on. My man, uh, Coach Khaki Pants, the thing about it, though, brother, he is a big bully. He will uh, he will take it out on people. And, uh, again, I think after these polls come out and they're behind Tennessee, I mean, I'm sorry, behind Clemson, Michigan should be out of Clemson uh, right now. So anyway, uh, I think that uh, Michigan uh, in this spot, but again, such a big number. Don't want to go crazy on it. Yep. All right. Texas Tech at TCU. TCU is laying nine and a half. The total there is 69. Do you trust TCU? Can they find a way to get it done? They are a team that has to, uh, they got to win with some style points, man. I think, what wasn't one of the knocks in them that they haven't been beating teams early enough that it's been kind of close games, comeback wins, and they're not uh they're not proving themselves by beating the brakes off of, of other opponents. Uh, the TCU's been here before. They've gotten the screws from the committee before. They were in the, the final four going into the final week. They beat a team by 50 and they still got dropped out uh, of the college football playoff. Um, they've been a little bit fortunate. But, man, uh, if they go undefeated, the Big 12 has no easy outs. I mean, top to bottom, no conference is closer uh, than the Big 12. And so, you know, when when the easiest games are going to Lawrence, Kansas, and Morgantown, West Virginia, those aren't easy games uh, this year. And so uh, this is all about points. I do believe in TCU's offense, man. They got some 
Jets uh, on the outside, and the quarterback has played phenomenal. And Texas Tech is the fastest team, pace of play team in all of college football. I like the over 69 a lot in this one. I'm taking over 69. Texas Tech was getting back into it last week against Baylor, and they had they they lost a turnover battle, a uh, four to one, kind of uh, kind of exaggerated that score a little bit. But I don't want to go with the uh, the line here. I've been waiting for TCU to to tell me, show me signs that they're emotionally spent, but they're offense. I'm going over 69. I love the over. Yeah, I like that there too. All right, uh, you got 30 seconds on these last couple ones. Syracuse at Pitt, Pitt lane three and a half. The total there is 48. I'm going to give you a little teaser for Greg's retirement parlay. He tends to like something that's orange this week. <laughs> I like, uh, I'll have to take the points uh, in this one as well after their tough two games the last couple of weeks against Clemson and Notre Dame. I'll take uh, the three and a half in Syracuse here. Texas at Kansas State. Kansas State is getting two and a half. The total there is 54 and a half. Jimmy, are we fading Texas still? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm also a big believer in Kansas State. You want to talk about point spread value? Kansas State and Vegas poll is 10 in the country. They're good, man. How about 48 nothing last week with the backup quarterback? And he's playing well now. He's better than most backup quarterbacks. Adrian Martinez warmed up in that game. If he did not play, if he warmed up in that game, he's close to playing. He'll be available if needed. I like Kansas State at home. I love climbing as a coach. He's a very good coach. Here's a little teaser. Uh, Kansas State, money line, plus 117. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. All right, Michigan State at Illinois. Illinois is lane 17. Michigan State is going to be missing a whole bunch of dudes because they can't stop fighting people in the Michigan tunnels. Total there is 42. What do you like, Jimmy? What is going on up there, huh? I mean, my goodness. So, hey, it's football. You can be the biggest, baddest if you want in between the whistles. I mean, my goodness. So, anyway, Illinois the defense, number one in the country. Number one in the country. Michigan State's going to have a hard time scoring. But can Illinois score that many points? Under 42. I love it. It's not Iowa under, but it's under. This Illinois defense is legit. Hey, they play Michigan right now, neutral field. They're only a six-point dog. Bielema's team is better than people think, and I think a little bit of a threat. they got to beat Purdue to get out of the West, but I like this Illinois team, but not laying that kind of points. I like under. Yeah, I like the under there as well. Iowa at Purdue. Iowa's laying four and a half. The total there is 41. Jimmy, do we got to be on the Boilermakers in this spot? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, Iowa should not be laying more than a half a point okay so we'll get back to those half a points but i mean you know purdue um yeah we're gonna go with purdue plus the points here iowa against northwestern yeah but it's northwestern they're uh undefeated in dublin but outside of dublin they're not too strong so give me the boilermakers uh, at home plus a four and a half yes all right dagan let's go to the retirement parlay uh greg waddell our our parlay correspondent he's he promised me he's gonna hit one this week and you're gonna find out why he needs to right now rendition of the retirement parlay quick little story time for you yesterday i locked myself out of my house not proud about it but while that happened i went through all the contingency plans of what i could do and before i thought about calling a locksmith maybe picking the lock anything like that the first thing i thought was place a retirement parlay that hits so i can buy a new house we're going to hit this week. Six legs, $100 to win $12,911.77. Never forget the cents. First one, Florida, money line at Texas a and I'm out on Jimbo. Tennessee, money line at Georgia. Tennessee's the best team in the country. Kansas, money line against Oklahoma State. OK State is dead. 
Q's money line at Pitt. Bounce back spot for Q's. Kansas State money line at home against Texas. K-State's good. Clemson money line at Notre Dame. Letdown spot for Notre Dame. Simple as that. Six legs, $12,000 later. Buy yourself a new house. True story. I do not have the keys to the front door of my house because the only way that I go in and out of my house is through the garage and you just punch in the garage code. So I have Same no thing. idea how in the year 2022, Greg Waddell is able to lock himself out of his house. All right. Uh, we got to get into these money line underdogs. The last three times I've been on the show, Jimmy, I've given out money line underdog winners. I've already teamed, teased mine really? as Kansas State plus 117. And look, it's just this simple. Texas is Always, 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 always overvalued. I am not ever going to go away from the fact that, that uh, Kansas State is at home getting points. Give me the Wildcats plus 117 money line. Who you got? Well, in spirit of the World Series, a little small ball. Huh, Rob, plus 117. I mean, come on, man. You're button. A little butt single here. Let's go a little bit stronger than that. Uh, let's go to the Pac-12 and a team that's uh, improving a little bit. We talked about Stanford winning at Notre Dame earlier. Washington State getting out the Palouse. We're going to take plus 155 on the farm. The tree, plus 155 Stanford over Washington State. All right. What's your favorite player of the week? And then we can get out of here. Man, over in TCU, Texas Tech. I, I I love it. I, I really do. And uh, so that that's um, that, that's my favorite. I also like uh, Memphis catching points at home after an emotional win for Central Florida uh, at uh, against Cincinnati, that wild fourth quarter where they had multiple lead changes. So those two going into this week. Mine is simple. Rutgers team total over. Nine and a half. This has been your week 10 best bets. Uh, hopefully we uh, have led you to some winners and hopefully Greg Waddell can finally one day hit this retirement parlay. Let's go to Cabo, Greg. Come on. <laughs>